This is Alan. This is Brandon. And welcome to D6 Minutes, the companion podcast to Dice Over Everything, where we choose a bunch of topics and talk about them for as long as the dice decide. All right. Well, let's get this off to a quick start, maybe, or maybe it'll be the whole podcast. Sometimes it is. But what have you been up to for the last week in the hobby? Roll it. All right. Six. Six. Oh, man, that's bad, because actually I haven't done that much. Uh, well, kind of I have, but it's mostly been on our game. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of just uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, tweaking, mm-hmm. some playtesting for, for our game, modifying some stuff, doing uh, test uh, uh, beta documents, right, uh, and things like that. Uh, and that is probably the thing that's taken up most of my time. Um, but we did get to play a game of Frostgrave. We did. Which, and try uh, out new warbands, because sometimes we try do one-offs. Out new warbands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess you could talk about uh, more about the game, but I will mention that we did try out a bunch of our changes uh, that we did, some balance changes, and there was one balance change that I was a little bit worried about, uh, which was for Animal Companions. So we've already weakened uh, the bear. Like, it, as, it's, as it is right now, Animal Companion is just Bear Companion for Frostgrave, right? <laughs> because oh, yeah. bears are so good. Yeah. But we gave the, the bear, uh, we, didn't, we decided to remove the plus three whales so that bears can be mind-controlled uh, and taken over more easily yeah, yep. and, and affected by spells more easily, which has helped weaken mm-hmm. it. But the other animals are still not there. So what we did ended up doing was a bunch of changes for the one the other animals. But the one that I was most worried about was the change we did for wolves. Now normally wolves suck in Frostgrave, so uh, we decided, hey, would it be so terrible if you either can take one bear or you can take two wolves? Because you Cause figured wolves, maybe one bear could fight off two wolves possibly. If they were a bear in... would beat two wolves. Yeah, so you, so you think on the surface maybe this is reasonable, right? Okay. Yes. Uh, uh, honestly, uh, it's pretty close uh, with the plus three will, but the, the two wolves was just too strong. It was like, it's close, but I think it's too strong, especially because the wolves are actually good at just teaming up for, like, your uh, your bear to go afterwards and attack because of the mm-hmm. way the... the, the the grouping up mechanic works in Frostgrave, even though the wolves would get mauled in a, a one-on-one or one-on-two fight. Mm-hmm. In Frostgrave, what you're actually doing is you would move the two wolves to engage the thing you're attacking, and then your bear would then come and totally destroy the opponent's bear because you're unnumbering them. So uh, it ended up being too powerful, and I was so sad because we decided to remove that update. And now... It's just too hard to make walls useful. So mm-hmm. at, right now, our idea is just like, just don't use walls. So and hopefully the other two busts to the two other animals is still okay. So you know how um, the saying, there's two wolves inside you? I guess one wolf inside your warband teams up, the other wolf teams up, and then a bear mauls them. That's, that's what happens when there are two wolves inside of you. In Frostgrave. Yeah, too strong. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, yeah, we, we had to get rid of one of the walls, and by getting rid of one of the walls, the remaining wolf inside you sucks. So, yeah. so if you don't have, if you have a bear in inside of you, why would you ever choose a wolf? Yeah. That's basically it. Exactly. All right. Yeah. How about you? 
Uh, so for hobby stuff, I've been building a lot of terrain lately. So it's mostly being scratch built, which I've now realized why people don't scratch build terrain quite as much. Because every little piece, you're like, oh, it'd be cool to have this detail here, this detail, that, this window made it of this. You're like, okay, I have fun cutting out every single piece and finding stuff to make every last bit out of. So, you know, as long as you feel like doing it, you can do it. It's basically building, like, dune-style terrain. So, like, it's kind of like a mix of desert scenery you'd expect from, like, just the Middle East, but then combined with the future. So it's just a lot of art inspired by Dune trying to turn it into terrain. So so you fi- you're you finding it more difficult than usual? Yeah, because usually I just get a bunch of stuff off the shelf and then mash uh, it together with other parts. Uh, so, like, I all see. the detailed parts are kind of there from somewhere else. You just fill in the yeah. in-betweens. So I've, yeah. that's how all my previous train projects have gone, and they have taken far less time. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if you do everything. It takes way more time. The other thing I think that's kind of like hobby-related but not very model-productive-related is mm-hmm. Infinity did a bunch of like previews this week mm-hmm. about them adding reinforcements to the game where like on turn two or turn three, guys jump mm-hmm. in. So I've probably spent far too much time trying to theory out... <laughs> What you can do with these things. You don't even have all the points out there. Like they I was it. just excited about mm-hmm. all of these new Kapu Kalki, which is uh, one of the, the factions that we had, is coming back probably with new models. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't even... I, I just read everything, got super excited, and I haven't actually done any theory crafting at all. Well, it's kind of really up in the air, because I showed you the points of maybe four out of the dozen things well it's more than a dozen mm-hmm. things that can go into it so realistically you can't theory craft out too too much at this point it's very rough if you're going to be theory crafting so it probably took but they more did time reveal to so many new profiles and actually some of those profiles i was like really now like every faction has the ability to do everything that's what <sighs> i felt like a little bit because like at yeah. least in this format what they did is that every uh like so there's a bunch of smaller sectorials, which are more limited. And then you can have uh, a reinforcement group that only comes on the on the last uh, two-thirds of the game. Mm-hmm. But they're from a different list. And that different list basically seems to cover up all of the weaknesses of mm. every other sectorial, right? So, yeah. like, if you need, you know, if, you're, if your original sectorial was missing, let's say, good melee then you are going to have good melee in like every single one of these sectorials. And then mm-hmm. if you're missing, you know, they, they automatically come infiltrating, although they come in on second turn, so it's not quite as good. Well, yeah, that and helps. They, they also appear up the board, and a lot of factions didn't have much up the board presence, and now this mm-hmm. can kind of give every single faction an up, like, a moved yeah. up the board presence. So, anyway. Yeah, so I am a little bit worried about this format. Um, but, yeah, but that's basically all I've thought about it. I, I'm waiting for Gen Con. I'll be super excited to go and 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 see the details. Uh, too bad you're not going to Gen Con this year, so we won't be able to talk about it directly. No. Oh well. On to on to more questions then. Do you want to go for one or shall I go for one? Um, I will go for one. All right. All right. So, um. If you had a, if there was a 12 or 13 year old that you wanted to get into wargaming, what game would you try to use for that? 
All right, dice, what do you want? Two. All right. So only because this is on the top of my mind lately from seeing all sorts of GW releases, but GW's been putting out more, like, board gamey things lately. I forget the names of the latest ones because they've come out within the last, or at least they've been previewed within the last month, mm-hmm. where you get, I think one of them is just, like, a Space Marine character and he's getting swarmed by Termagants. There's, like, other ones they've put out lately. And, mm-hmm. like, they're a whole packaged game, but they don't have too many figures like Kill Team or anything like that, or just thinking of the Infinity 2 versus 2 starter packs, where that's really freaking hard to assemble for a 12 to 13-year-old. These things from GW are just snap fit. If you didn't paint it, you wouldn't feel all that bad. But then you could go and just buy the like the paint kit that now their paint kits are focused on Tyranids and Space Marines. Mm-hmm. So that like next step they've laid out for you, I just I just think those board games GW is doing right now that are below the below the Space Hulk size would be right down that alley. Cheapest cheapest enough and and small enough and contained enough game, but it's not a game that you would just continue to play. It's literally just an introduction where you're where you get used to assembling your minis, using them to move around, and roll some dice, basically. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like an insurmountable thing to assemble them. Like there's And if they ten... if they get if they actually paint them, then mm-hmm. you would be like, oh well, let me tell you, this is just the beginning. And then you can get into a more a game that is uh, more lifestyle like like mm-hmm. uh, one page rules or something like that is probably the next level up. Yeah, because board game level is what twelve to thirteen year olds I think could get a handle on. But mm-hmm. the problem is if thinking of those board games with figures, some of, most of them have this ridiculous number of figures in them. So it's gotta be this less replayable board game, basically, mm-hmm. like what they put out. Okay. So well, I, I'm just trying to think who else does that. Who will put out a board game that like has a very short playing span. We're out of time, so, but... Battletech. Uh, so, so what I did buy was I think I mentioned this before. I bought Battletech Alpha Strike, mm. and I think that actually works. Now, Battletech Alpha Strike is a very, very pared down game rule set, and there's an actual box where you play, you know, two kind of lances. Yeah. And for for people who play it in a larger sense, they play like way more guys than that. But as a beginner experience, the rule set and everything is quite simple. The only issue with Battletech Alpha Strike is that they don't use spaces, which is yep. the stupidest thing uh, yeah, for that, some reason. But like, if they had just if there mm-hmm. was a box with Battletech Alpha Strike and spaces, that would be, I think, a great starter set because, like you said, right, the, the minis in Battletech are preassembled, and you can just play it, right? Yep. There's not too many. Except, yep. Yeah, and there's not too many. Um, but it fails the, the board issue. game part of not having squares. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, in some ways, you know, you want them to to use measuring. I don't think it's necessarily terrible, but the mm-hmm. size of the board is, I think, too big yeah. for, especially when you compare it to the original BattleTech. And the original BattleTech has like a perfect kind of miniature size and space because it uses those those uh, paper mats. So the game is way too complicated for people to start off. So yeah. it fails oh. the other way around. Okay, well, I guess you managed to name name one variant. Well, I guess they're both variants on bigger games, so that's that is they're both good versions. All right. So for one of my questions, because as I said at the very beginning, I've been building terrain, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna want to build a textured board to go with it, because I just want it all to be very photographable, if that's a word. So I was thinking about what, and I want it to be sandy for like the desert. But my question is. 
what sort of color do you prefer for painting sand on like what could be figures or a board six holy crap okay that'll take us to the end all right sand so, sand everywhere in getting into sand everything. everywhere so my normal thing is german yellow with charred brown uh, a charred brown and then i make it a little bit of a wash and usually i add a little bit of black uh contrast paint not so contrast ger- paint. so german yellow is a pretty it's not very it's not bright yellow it's sort of like a a little bit of yeah. brown to it and it's not not too light yeah. it's German, on the it's, dark pretty, it's pretty bright actually mm-hmm. german yellow is actually quite bright uh it is a greenish mm-hmm. yellow but only a little, very little bit of green. And then it's actually very, very, um, uh, what do you call it? Not high contrast, right? It's it's not, no, sorry, low saturation. Mm-hmm. It's a low saturation yellow with a little bit of green. And that is my a great base. Then I wash it really? with uh, charred brown. Okay, I'm surprised you'd go for like a greenish yellow as the start of your sand. It's pretty yellow. Mm-hmm. Then I wash it with charred brown. Charred brown is a very rich brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is game color, so these are both Vallejos. One is model color, one is game color, and then I'll pro- I, I often. So the charred on, brown has a lot of reddish to it. It's like a very, it's a reddish dark brown, with fairly. It's a brownish dark brown. Okay. It's very deep brown. I wouldn't say it's red. I would but it tends it's, towards red from the orange a little bit. Uh, maybe a little bit, but not too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I'll add some of the, what do you call it, the light tone from RB Painter to make it kind of flow easily. And that is the base. And then I'll, I'll play around. But mm-hmm. I'm rec- recently actually doing more uh, reds in, in my more of a, like, a, what do you call it, Mars kind of reddish kind of uh, brown. Yeah, and really that awesome. one I will add um, the Vallejo transparent red hmm. as as thin washes over top to kind so of thin s- things so you start with the same ye- like yellow with yeah. a bit of green to it from that german yellow and then add the red in afterwards it's very hmm. very like bright like these after it, like i wouldn't even say mm-hmm. it's green like i like if you think it has green in it uh i think you will probably misinterpret the color like there it's is just, it's it's tending towards green but it's not really yeah, right? it's just away from orange. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, so that's basically what I do. It's uh, that's my normal, those my two normal uh, uh, brown desert kind of recipes. How about you? So I'm thinking of the armies I've painted lately. I think for all of the guys I painted for our game, I went very like Marsish with it, starting mm-hmm. off with like a leatherish red color. And then just washing and then highlighting up to sort of, sort of, it starts to, well, I think I added orange to it, too. You added green. That was in the rocks. I added rocks oh, with it. It okay. had a lot of green in it to complement. Yeah, yeah. I guess somehow green worked really well to complement with the orange as like a complementary mm-hmm. rock color. But the yeah. the rocks themselves, like, well, the sand itself started off as a reddish orange because I was going for the Mars look on it. So mm-hmm. it took a bit of, like, leathery red and a bit of, like, orange leather maybe you might call it just jam them together and then sort of use that as a base color then wash then highlight it up to sort of your standard sandy yellow colors 
And they just like random washes within it to give it a bit of variance. So it doesn't all look like one color, like some browns into it to cut the color in some areas. But the thing is, if I'm going to do a board, I'm just worried that a whole board of like that reddish desert sand is going to overwhelm the look of everything else around it that I might want to paint it just like more your basic desert sand that's mm. just more desaturated. I don't, know, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Like mm-hmm. you can have it as a red desaturated, like a desaturated red, right? Like mm. we don't, you don't have to make it super bright red sand, right? Mm. That, that, or orange sand, sorry, if you're okay with, with uh, Mars, like you can do that and that looks good in small pieces, but mm-hmm. If you're trying to make the figures pop, just desaturate everything, right? Yeah, so it pulls everything out and kind of let it fade into the background. Mm-hmm. So for an entire board, possibly start off with a sort of yellowish color you were talking about, and then wash the red in, but don't wash in a really saturated one like a tr- the transparent color. Wash in like a red that's a little more maybe. Well, maybe go with the combination because it's a big board. You'll want to all look the same. Maybe do a little bit it's more towards the orange, maybe a bit towards the red, but keep that wash desaturated over that starting desaturated yellow color. Yeah, or you could just wash it the same way, but then just dry brush a lighter, like powdered, more like bright, uh, whitish uh, yellow over top, right, mm-hmm. to help wash everything out give it a little bit of a sepia tone kind of thing. Maybe sepia is not the right word, but like a, a kind of washed out feel by just dry brushing everything. And because it's sand, the fact that it'll look a little bit chalky will actually look possibly actually good and interestingly cool. Yeah, so it shouldn't, because if you want to photograph figures on top of this board, you don't want, I don't want the board to pop. I want the figures to pop, but like I still want the board to have cool colors. So that's... Yeah, but a lot of it is just about contrast, right? So if everything is red and it's, you know, very bright red but it takes up the entire space then the things that are not red mm-hmm. are gonna pop right because they're just different from the overall overall look so it could work as well mm-hmm. although i don't know if you're going to be able to do that depending on the colors of your buildings because if yep. you're if your building is already kind of desaturated i think they're a dis- dis- desaturated color then the contrast between your desaturated buildings and your heavily saturated uh ground would not leave any room for your models to pop pop out so you they would both have to kind of fade into each other for it to work so yeah Yeah. you might you might either have to make your buildings high contrast well they they will not high contrast sorry contrast is going to make them pop but like Mm -hmm. sorry high saturation yeah uh which might look weird actually because generally buildings are not high saturation no so Anyways, there's still lots of terrain building to do, so there's no rush to decide this, but just for other our thoughts for other people who are making sandy things. Cool. Well, I think we got around to six minutes for that. Uh, so those are all of our topics for this D6 Minutes. If you have any questions you want us to answer, for example, uh, there was a question that asked us um, – if for our Dice Over Everything podcast, if we always had that intro video, uh, the answer is we did at the beginning, <laughs> but uh, there was some that did not have them in the middle. And now that we're publishing it again, I, I did put it up uh, in the front, but it looks like for the for the algorithm, you're, you're not supposed to have your intro at the very beginning, but that mm. sounds too much to cut it a little bit later. So yeah, I don't know cool. if it's going to stay. To have an intro, do your 
video and then come back. I mean, who knows? Yeah, that's too much effort. So, uh, yes, it was there before, but it might not be there in the future. So if you have a question like that, uh, you can email us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Or find us on Facebook or Dice Over Everything. This has been Alan. Yeah, it's been Brandon. Bye.